Venom Computers. This is Intelligent Performance. Welcome to Intelligent Performance, where we are fanatical about excellence in human endeavor. And today we welcome a very special serial entrepreneur called Brian Lim. But today we're not talking about specifically the number of businesses and what he is doing in this space. Instead, we're talking about what he's used to actually fund and get many of his projects started. And of course, this is actually a pool of capital which is massively overlooked by most entrepreneurs. In fact, it's actually 10 times the size of the traditional venture capital pool of capital which you can tap into. So what are we talking about? Well, of course, we're talking about grants and tenders. And the annual amount of money spent on this space is absolutely staggering. And I'm here, and in this podcast, we're going to change your mind about why you need to be paying attention to exactly the space and what you can do to get your fair share. Let's dive straight in. Brian, thanks for joining us on Intelligent Performance. Great to have you here. Now, you're a seasoned entrepreneur, and we're going to be talking about grants and tenders. So the the whole, it's kind of like a, a capital raising yep. theme, but from a, perhaps from a government or, or other organization, where I'd love to start What's your take on intelligent performance? What does that phrase mean to you? Um, okay, intelligent performance. Well, there's a lot of people who work very hard, and they are more. It's more akin to brute force. You know, if all I have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm. Now you tell that to your girlfriend, and she's not going to like you. So you want to sit down and think about how do you, what's the right tools for the right job, what are the right resources, and how do you make your life easy? You know, so I see intelligence performers as people who spend time every day trying to figure out how to be more effective at what they do, what are the right tools, resources, relationships that produce the results they want. Mm. I love that answer. That's great. And that leads really nicely into one of the areas that you're focused on, that being your most recent effort around grants and tenders. It's a vlog, it's a it's a YouTube series, and it's also a podcast. And the I guess I'm going to start with a really broad question. Why the hell do you set up a vlog about grants and tenders? It sounds pretty vanilla. Ah, uh, I, I, I think you that's the, the politest anyone has described it. They are like, <laughs> you want to talk about the driest documents in existence. <laughs> um, yeah. So I in my company, Dandelions, I have spent a lot of time applying for grants and tenders. And in my previous startups, I have also gone through a lot of grants and tenders documents and spoke to a lot of people in the area. And this is what I've realized. Um, the grant for providers are the same as venture capitalists. So really simply put, a venture capitalist gets money from high net worths to take a share of a company to get a return on investment. A grant or per person, not so much tenders, the grant givers get money from government, uh, specifically the taxpayers to actually invest in companies so they can get a return on investment, not by share of company, but by taxation, right? And when you think about it for a moment, they're the exact same business case as a macro. Yeah. Um, and they are not being taken care of in such a way. You know, you don't you don't see ads on TV for grants. I have seen that for venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. So mm. it's a different, it's a very different world. Mm. And what a lot of people don't realize is 
how much money the government is putting down, you know? Um, so for us in Australia, when we did the initial analysis, we found $80 billion in grants, annual spend in Australia alone. That's a wild number. Yeah. Um, I don't, we're still working through the tender numbers, but let's say it's the same, 80 billion, because it seems reasonable to assume so. Yeah. That makes it, that means this market of grants and tenders is $160 billion Australian of annual spend. Yeah. Now, which for context would be like 25 times that of the venture capital market in the country. Yeah, I think you were the one that we were talking about pre-chat about the stat. I think it was what you said, something like seven-ish billion? Yeah, according to Bloomberg here, it says uh, Aussie startups raised 7.5, sorry, 7.4 billion Australian. So yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it's a minute com- in comparison. Absolutely, yeah. So when you sit down and think of it from that perspective for a moment of like the government, um, people com- talk about two things, right? When you're in startup land, um, they ask for venture capital money and they ask for customers. Mm. So what grants and tenders, grants are the venture capital money and tenders are the customers. And suddenly, and, you just, there's a huge amount of money available that no one talks about. And from an entrepreneur's perspective, we're talking about type of funding which doesn't necessarily take away any of the pie as well, right? No, it doesn't. Absolutely not. Every, every, um, a lot of this money, the government wants to spend, they are, and they're looking for more efficient and more effective ways to spend it. Yeah. They, um, like any, like any financial institution, are looking for the most cost-effective way to spend your money for, to produce the results they want. Mm. It's no different. You talk to a grant funder and explain to them, I'm 10 times more effective than your competitor. They listen. They understand. That's important. Yeah, that makes sense. So what are people, what, we bring an intelligent performance lens to this space, Brian. Mm. It sounds like the first bit people aren't doing is they don't even pay enough attention to it. Would that be, that be fair? I wouldn't use paying attention. I would say they're unaware of the opportunity. Right. So if I ask you, where do you go to find grants? Where do you go find tenders? Most of people will go, I have no idea. Mm. And if you do hear about it, it's because someone passed it to you. Hey, you should see this. And oh, it was open for four weeks and it's due in 24 hours. Yeah. And then you panic an application. <laughs> yeah, That's the sure. honest word. You panic an application. So... It doesn't be, it, if it's long, it's like that. It's not an effective way of distributing money around in that sense. Yeah. Now they're getting a KPI done and, 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 and that's works. Um, but they need, there's, but for us, all, everybody just, when I talk about this product and I'm doing the customer surveying, it's like, why did I not find out earlier? That is like the first thing people, respond that the minute they find out about a grant they can apply for. Yeah. Yeah, right. You know, so just it's it's an effective way of distributing money. It's it's an existing process. Right? Mm. That's I think that's what makes this intelligent. It's an existing process that everybody has. It's already allocated. It's already moving. I don't have to move mountains to access the cash. In fact, they say I want to give money. Here's how you get it. Yeah, like it's uh, qualif- if you want a qualified lead, this is it. Correct. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with like strong buying intent and strong buying signals. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so there's the there's the okay. Well, then it sounds like there's a there's a challenge in terms of the communication piece, which it sounds like what grants and tenders is all about, right? Yeah. So simplifying, improving, um, making it more accessible, which 
no doubt $160 billion worth of financial uh, kind of focus would be very grateful for because a better communication system would would make a big difference because it yeah. could certainly open up new opportunities and then talk about the 10x kind of innovations you're referring to. So from that piece though, is, is it about like these entrepreneurs, do they need to be developing skills and how to be form fillers, be grant appliers, to be kind of like the, the dry, think like a polit- or think like a, a public servant kind of thing? Is that is that a skill set they needed to develop? It is a psychology, certainly, but I get, a lot of the people I speak in the grant funding space actually have like a management business finance background. So right. you don't have to think like a public servant. Um, so, you know, when you have a startup, you're selling two products. You know, one is your product and the other is the shares of your company, right? And the shares of your company is really a financial product, right, that you're selling. Not as in like an official financial product, but yeah. you're effectively selling a return on investment on your position. So when you meet investors, they go, can I have shares of your company to get an ROI when you sell? When you speak to a grant funder, they're going, so I don't make money on shares. I can't take shares. I have to make my money on taxes. So what they'll ask you is how many jobs do you create? Yeah, right. Okay, interesting. Right? So, and this is important, right? You, this is the same skill set. You need to know how your customer makes money. You need to know how your VC makes the money to talk to them in a way that actually gets the attention. So for a grant funder, it's how do you create a tax base in the locations or areas of their interest? Understood. Right? Um, and it's a different conversation. And, and yes, there's some practice and skills, but that's basically the primary difference. So what they're saying is, in a VC is, make a, you want to find customers, make a lot of money, and when you sell the company, I'll be happy. Yeah. The government is, I want you to find customers, make a lot of money, hire enough people so I can tax them. Understood. And it, and is it is it also focused on revenue? Or, or do they have an interest in that and kind of powerful exit? Because that, that can be quite a significant capital gain um, opportunity. Well, capital gains is, when you're talking to a venture capitalist, they're selling shares, it's a capital gains event. Yes. But when you're talking to government, they're looking for a taxation event. But do they not look at the entrepreneur having a significant capital gain as a taxation event? Yes, but not in their metrics. As a grant okay. funder, their metrics are around salary taxation. Okay, interesting. Right? They want the income tax. They're, the sale of the company can be five, seven, eight, nine years later. Yeah. But for them, the minute you hire someone and you pay them a salary, they pay, get, they pay tax. Okay, got you. So they're looking at, right. So then hear me out here. Naturally, this would bias organizations who are people heavy, which is contrarian to a lot of technology. Would that not be the case? It is actually. Um, yes, I have. that is where I saw it for the first time. And I definitely agree that there's a piece of that. But they also are, but, but this is sort of competition. In the venture capital markets, you're competing between other products and companies. But in the government space, you're competing with other governments, right? So they need to demonstrate, to get those higher salaries, they get higher taxes. They need to demonstrate that the effectiveness of the workers, the performance, intelligence performance of the worker is higher than another country. Right. If I go to a, 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 another country in the world and I pay them $10,000 a month, for the service, they'll be very happy. But in Australia, it says, no, you're not going to get, I'm not going to do that unless you give me 30,000 a month. Mm. Why? Do you produce three times as much more work? 
No, you're going to have to do more than that, right? In that simple rhetoric, you have to be five x that, yep. and that that guarantees the job stays in the country. That guarantees the quality of the work. That guarantees the long term tax base. So they think that's the way you want to think about that. So if you're bringing, you know, high end jobs where people are being paid really well because they are rare skills and they are co- and with the right tools and resourcing. It is cheaper to buy equipment than to hire people in 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 many aspects. So, right. if it's if your total expenses make your people three four times more productive, yeah, that is exactly what they want. Because also long term prosperity, the more productive your people, the the better bang for your buck from a government tax position. And are you seeing? Trends? Is it possible to see trends if you're if you're across what's happening from a grant perspective, and if you can access them more broadly, and and you know where they're coming? Are you seeing trends like this when it comes? And you see, like at the moment, we've got a productivity crisis here in Australia, right? Mm-hmm. And questions are really around like how do we lift that? It hasn't lifted for a long time, and with AI, it's kind of like, oh, are we really? Can we make our people more effective, especially when they're often kind of resistant? maybe to change in some capacity as well or they've been doing things a certain way for a long time so are you seeing more kind of trends to try and combat that piece or well so everybody every country in the world is trying to make their staff more productive and the thing about artificial intelligence is that it's accessible right uh, most of the code and technology is actually open source or the products commoditized mm. so you can go in with that from a general end user standpoint and massively improve the capabilities of your workforce globally. Now there'll be certain countries restrictions and other issues, but you're talking to more niche cases. And while they are valuable, um, things like chat GDP is available to everybody to improve their performance, right? I would say that the real trend is trying to understand where the productivity is needed. So the reason why I would say we've been in a productivity space, uh, what was the term you used? a crisis, right? Productivity crisis is that, you know, it's like you, a wet towel you're trying to reach. At the start, there's a lot of water. And as you get moving and moving, it eventually, nothing comes out. Mm. And you're still trying to get a drop or two. And eventually, you're going to need to move on, right? It's, it's um, you hit that plateau. So, and different people can extract different value. But as a country level, as an economic sector, you need to pick up new sectors, new areas of growth. So the government has put $10 billion down to a quantum investment on quantum computing, quantum sensors, and other things. If that is an area, massive area of future growth um, that the government is betting on, then what you're looking at here is a lot of opportunity to grow. And to your earlier point about productivity, the iPhone and smart computer raised our productivity so high the quantum computer is going to raise it even higher. They're investing in pro- improved productivity for that very reason. Um, so we are always going to be doing that. We're always going to be looking for sectors where we can do increase our productivity um, in the areas of concern. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, interesting. And just coming back to the, the grants and tenders process, what are you? what's your main effort then in terms of where do you think the kind of the biggest lever to pull in this world is what do you what 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 would like yeah what is that is it just people knowing about it more or is there something else which we're we're missing here yeah so I think um the, the problem to break down the problem you can't apply for a grant if you don't know about it 
So the first piece of the puzzle is awareness. And we know that most people don't know about where these resourcing are or such. So the first thing we're doing is to help people find and become aware of those opportunities. Once you become aware, the next question is, how the heck do I apply? Mm. And then that's the question of, do you find the right collaborators? Do you find the right resourcing for execution? So we're at early stages of figuring this out ourselves, but we do know that the customer walks through this process for us. The stage one, hey, I didn't know that there's a grant. I need to know, tell me more. Stage two, thank you for telling me about the grant. <laughs> Who do I need to talk to so yeah. I can actually win this thing, right? The third is then I need to apply. Is there a grant writer, a consultant? Is there an accountant or law firm I need? And then the fourth is if I win it, hooray, how do I deliver? And if mm. I don't, what do I do now with all those resources that I've already built up? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, so that's the way we're looking at it. And is it is it like, could you see it like an asset? Like when you, because I've certainly been through that process where you've had engaged grant funders or grant writers, as it were, and yeah, they, they do a lot of work. They charge you, they send the invoice regardless of the outcome, which understandably, yeah. is it an asset? It's certainly, it's okay. A, a good grant writer on board who knows the game is an asset, right? It's not going to be, I won't call it a financial asset, but it's an asset to the company. Um, but the end outcome of all of this, if you get a three-year grant or a three-year tender contract, that's three years of revenue on your ARR. Now, that is an asset. Mm. And if you win, say, a tender for a you know, renewable energy project of some kind, and you're in renewable energy space, you can then go to your client, your investors and says, look, I won four tenders on renewable energy. Here are the next 50 that are coming down the pipeline that are asking for similar things. I could maybe win five, 10% of that. Are you happy with that idea? They'll go, how do you win more? That's always the answer, right? And then you go, here's all the resourcing required. <laughs> that's the that's that's basically the logic. It is an asset. It's um, it's not going to be an asset in a traditional sense. So there's a lot of like yeah. I have to, I have to educate the investor about why these are assets worth uh, as an asset from a that standpoint. Yeah. But they come along pretty quick. I think it's a good arg. I think I have a strong argument for it. And I guess they're kind of like an investor's. They're non-diluting capital. It's adds to the valuation of a company. They're usually long-term contracts. Like there's yep. a lot of a lot of yeah, big upside there. The and then the, the downside is largely guessing legal fees, accounting fees, and a bunch of boring paperwork, largely speaking. Yeah. Um that's true. I can tell you there's one person I spoke to about my work here, and he said he won a grant. And they called him up to tell him, you know, you won this grant. So congratulations, like what's the feedback? And the feedback was, you're the only one that applied. Wow. There are funders out there who are struggling to give out money. So therefore, if you can find them, the ROI is not that high. Mm. I'm sorry, the return investment is good, actually. I apologize, that's the wrong way to describe it. It's good because there's money that they're struggling to give out. Yeah. Um, of course, the more famous programs in Australia, they are going to be competitive and you want to have all your ducks lined up. It's the difference between playing go-kart and driving the Formula One. Right. But you're saying, just to extend that analogy, try and play in the go-kart world because there's there's a bunch of people who just go around on the track on their own? Yeah. And I like 
to further extend that analogy, the reason why I used it is that um, all the great Formula One drivers start out their career in go karts. Yeah, right. Right. That's the breeding ground for Formula One drivers. Mm. So, if you want to get into Formula One, you need to work. There's a pathway they have created. Yeah. Why force to create your own if you can ride an existing pathway? It makes sense to mark your own path, but there's no reason to mark your own path if there's already one made for you. Mm. I love that. It's a great analogy, and it's uh, and bringing a uh, looking at what other people have done to achieve success in this space, which makes no difference. Because I think uh, maybe I'm naive about this space, but we've applied for some grants, we've found something by. As you mentioned, through the grapevine, you know, you hear about it through someone. You've usually got about a week, 24 hours, whatever to apply. It's all scrambled. You throw something together. You're kind of making partnership arrangements like on the fly. And then you're wondering why you don't really end up with a good outcome. So <laughs> so in terms of this space, Brian, what what's your main objective or what, how do you see this? You know, you're starting to make it more accessible to people. What would real success look like in this space for you? And I might finish with a question. Maybe you could weave in. Like, how has that been informed by some of the biggest lessons from from your side as well? Oh, that's a couple of questions in one. Um, I, the primary objective here is there's a huge pool of money that we need to become better at, at spending and managing. So as a small business, as a startup, it's resourcing I can use non-dilutive capital. As an investor, it's ways to prove the product and company without me having to do due diligence because the invest the grant funders have to do due diligence, right? Um, for a government perspective, it is more it is helping the government determine more effective spend yep. of their money, um, and there's lots of value in all of that. Yeah, um, the market is difficult, is messy, and so just cleaning that up, there's money to be made and. For you, given you've gone through this process a lot, by the sounds of things, across multiple different businesses, how's your how's your thinking, or what have been, you know, how's that significantly changed? Is it that you're just understanding the game that you're playing, the taxation game versus the capital return game? Is it is it that? Is it also understanding how to communicate to the people on the other side? Yeah. What? So um, there's a lot in the communication. Pe- well. Like every standard startup advice is know your customers, KYC, right? Um, yeah. So in this case, I have three customers that I have to do my work on. The actual people I sell my products to, the VCs who I sell shares with my companies on, and the grant funders who you know invest their time, money, and effort into me um, for their taxation. Because I never really taught, we always talk about reducing tax. I never really taught about tax as a revenue stream. Is that's because only government gets to enjoy that luxury, right? <laughs> but when you realize, when you treat, when you realize, oh, holy shit, the government's revenue, this is a revenue stream for the government and you're managed and you are like, they, of course they want to optimize it, you know, whatever way they can. Yeah. So suddenly you'll realize you actually have, uh, in this scenario, I, I jokingly call four taskmasters, the customer, the VC, the government, and your family. You know, because you got to balance all four of them, or you're not going to be a happy camper. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Awesome. Well, Brian, I think that's a great place to leave the conversation. I think there's you've certainly highlighted this massive opportunity in a pool of capital, which, in some examples, is going untapped. 
Um, and it certainly could be better served by more people knowing about it, first and foremost. Um, and certainly there's some, yeah, it sounds like there's some great opportunity, almost like a blue ocean in some regards in terms of communication because it's so yep. rudimentary, average, um, below average, I'd say. Um, and certainly it doesn't sound as glitzy and glam, but for a sector which is, according to Bloomberg, about 25 times the size of our venture capital market, it may be worth paying attention to a bit more. Um, yep. And so, yeah, Brian, thanks so much for... Um, for joining us today, I'm going to link the um, your company and grants and tenders into the show notes here. But is there anything, any kind of direct way to for people to connect with you if they've got further questions around this space? Um, find us on YouTube, find us on LinkedIn. We're there. We're to be posting. We're talking to our people. We would love to hear your feedback and questions. Um, so, um, in fact, we would love to get feedback. Tell us what you want to see more of, what to hear more often from who. We'll get them on board. Cool. Okay, love that. It's a great challenge. And Brian, thank you for um, highlighting this as an area for people to pay attention to. It's very, very, very valuable. Thank you very much for that, yeah.